When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 28 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your totally tubular host, Leroy Luna, and I'm coming at you straight out of my closet with a tale from California, bruh. Surf's up, dudes. People talk like that over there? I don't know. I just watched the new Bill and Ted movie. Maybe that's where I got it. Yeah, so we're going to California. It's going to be sick, bruh. This story was brought to my attention by Leanna C. So shout out to you, girlfriend. As soon as she sent me an article about this guy, I was all in. He is creepy as hell. But before we get into all that, I have a couple jokes here. The first one's from my pal Joe Dull. She posted this one on the private Facebook group for the show. And she says, What state has the smallest drinks? Minnesota. <laughs> Love it. And the next one comes via Jonathan G. He told me this one on Twitter, and I actually laughed out loud when I read it. Okay, so a guy goes into the doctor's office, pulls down his pants, and the doctor says, My God, man, you have lettuce sticking out of your anus. And the man replies, That's just the tip of the iceberg. You know what that sound means? Everybody hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to have you back home at a reasonable hour. That is, unless you fall in love and decide to stay. This one's going to get very romantic. Episode number 28, the California Casanova. I've only ever been to California once in my life. My wife and I took a trip over there about eight years ago. When we arrived at the Airbnb we were staying at, we unpacked all our shit, 
threw on some appropriate attire for the beautiful weather, and took a bus over to Venice Beach to see what all the fuss was about. Not even five minutes after we got there, we were approached by a lady who asked if we wanted to be on a hidden camera show they were filming. We said, uh, yeah. And then I started thinking, I don't know why everyone says it's so hard to break into showbiz. We've only been here five minutes, and your boy's already going Hollywood. Guess they know a star when they see one. Then we had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. I can't even remember why. Maybe it was a confidentiality agreement. Oh crap, maybe I'm not even supposed to be talking about this. I won't mention the name of the show. Let's just say there were some, I'm doing air quotes here, jerks with cameras involved. Nailed it. After making us wait about 25 minutes, they were finally ready to shoot the scene. What a huge waste of time. At this point, we were just bored and pissed off and ready to leave. But we still did it. I mean, how often do you get a chance to be on TV? They told us to just walk straight along the boardwalk about 25 to 30 feet, act casual, and make sure to look straight ahead. Don't look at any of the cameras. And we'd be confronted by a woman and to just kind of go with it. Uh, we hated this. I thought the whole point of a hidden camera show was to catch people's genuine reactions. We're not actors. Ugh, Hollywood's so fake. Uh, this ruined those reality prank type shows for me for a while. Hopefully that's not always how they do this, and these people were just super amateur. So we walked for what felt like 10 minutes, but in reality I'm sure it was only 10 seconds, until this girl runs up to us. She's wearing a pair of handcuffs and acting super sketchy. She says to me, you got the key? You got the key, right? I'm all like, what key? And she goes, the key for the handcuffs. I'm like, I think you got the wrong guy. And she says, no, I was told the guy with the Archie shirt had the keys. <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt with Betty, Veronica, and Archie. You know, from the Archie comics on the front of it. They were sharing a milkshake with three straws. I love that shirt, but it sounds kind of lame looking back. Anyways, I told her, this is actually a very common shirt. I think you're mistaken. The rest is kind of a blur. It was extremely awkward. My wife just walked away in the middle of it, and then some skinny dude comes over. He's clearly an actor, and he's telling me, she's crazy, just ignore her, and, and he's pulling her away. She wants me to help her. I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do, grab this guy? Yell at him? I don't know. The whole thing was ridiculous, so then I just didn't even care anymore. I just kind of shut off and shrugged and walked away. And that was that. We just left. No one came and talked to us afterwards. We watched the show a few months later and saw the same scenario unfold on an episode. Needless to say, our scene didn't make the cut. I assume they filmed the same situation ten times and used two of the most entertaining or something like that. The show was a bust and only lasted 11 episodes and got a 4.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb. What was the point of the story, you ask? Well, it took place in California, I guess. Oh, I know. The victims involved in this story only wish they were being pranked on a hidden camera show. But unfortunately for them, their experience was all too real. Okay. Today's story takes place in Seal Beach, which is a coastal city found in Orange County, California. The O.C., while there are only about 25,000 people who call Seal Beach home, a whopping 9,000 of its residents are senior citizens. A lot of California raisins over there. Here's how OrangeCounty.net describes the place. Quote, 
Known for its charming small-town atmosphere, Seal Beach also houses a 920-acre National Wildlife Refuge, which encompasses two-thirds of the land inside the city. It's a popular town for visitors with its scenic beaches and climate weather. End quote. Sounds nice. And while Seal Beach has a lot of wild animals, unfortunately not all of them are housed within the confines of the wildlife refuge. Some of them are out there, roaming the streets. Let's get right into it and get to know the man of the half hour. He is a 29-year-old man named Richard Michael Parkhurst. Three names. No! The last time we discussed a man with three names, he stole his daughter's Girl Scout cookie money in order to get his hands on some hand jobs at the local rub and tug. Shameful behavior indeed. But Richard is going to make that dude look like a Boy Scout. It would be very easy to write Richard off as a creep after reading the headlines of his crimes. And he does exhibit some creepy behavior, but it's important to get to know his circumstances first. Let's humanize him a little bit. Everybody has a story, and Richard's no different. Richard was doing alright. He was in love, he had himself a girlfriend, and even a house. Unfortunately, she passed away, and that's when his life went into a tailspin. On top of all that, Richard was schizophrenic. He was on medication to control this mental illness, but when his girlfriend died, he stopped taking his meds and ended up losing his house. He became homeless. This information came from his attorney via court documents. Keep that in mind, so the circumstances might be slightly exaggerated. Nevertheless, it is a heartbreaking story and an unfortunate turn of events. I'm sure we've all heard of schizophrenia before, but just as a refresher, let's hear about it straight from mayoclinic.org. Schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder in which people interpret reality abnormally. Schizophrenia may result in some combination of hallucinations, delusions, and extremely disordered thinking and behavior that impairs daily functioning and can be disabling. People with schizophrenia require lifelong treatment. Early treatment may help get symptoms under control before serious complications develop and may help improve the long-term outlook. People with schizophrenia often lack awareness that their difficulties stem from a mental disorder that requires medical attention, so it often falls to family or friends to get them help. Yeah, that's the scary part. And when you're off your medication and aren't in touch with close friends or family to look out for you, that is a recipe for disaster. And this is when the voices came. His lawyer said he, quote, began hearing voices emanating from his television, telling him to do things. Mr. Parkhurst developed a delusion that he was a Zeus-like god who was sent down from the stars to seduce women. It was his destiny to seduce women, and they would willingly have his children. Mr. Parkhurst believes that his progeny will create a super race that will save the planet. End quote. Wow, he seems to think quite highly of himself. He must have started hearing the voices through his TV while he had a home and cable. Then it continued on while he roamed the streets as a homeless man. I keep picturing him pushing his unplugged TV in a shopping cart down the street while it speaks to him. Probably not the case, but still kind of amuses me. Poor Richard, once a man with a relatively normal life, is now homeless, depressed, off his meds, and his schizophrenia is in full bloom. He is armed with the belief that he is a god sent to this earth to seduce women who will want to have his children, and this will create a super race of people that will save the planet. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? The table has been set, so let's now join Richard on his quest to save the world through the art of seduction. I enjoy a good love story, so this should be nice. Let's kick things off on October 15th, 2017. 
We're in Seal Beach. It's a beautiful day. You can smell the salt water in the air, and Richard spots a beautiful woman out taking her puppy for a stroll. Excellent. And the perfect opportunity for our man to work his magic. He walks alongside the lady, looks deeply into her eyes, and says, Nice dog. I'm walking mine, too. The woman looks down, confused, and sees that the man is not holding a leash. Instead, Big Richard has his pants pulled down and is holding Little Richard in his hand. What a dick. I guess she isn't impressed with his wiener dog, and she rushes off in disgust. I attempted to make that scene comical, but that is an odd and scary situation. This poor woman was just flashed by a homeless man while she was out trying to walk her dog. Imagine how mentally scarring that must have been. And unfortunately, Richard isn't done with her yet. He sees where she lives and decides to pay her another visit later that day. So he cleans himself up, shaves, showers, purchases a dozen long-stemmed roses, and rings her doorbell. He's ready to apologize and he's going to beg her for a second chance. Just kidding. He doesn't do any of that. He instead sneaks into her home where she is taking a nap. She is slowly woken up in the most creepy way imaginable. Her feet feel wet and as if they're being tickled. She probably first assumed this was a greeting from her dog, but it most certainly was not. It was Richard, that strange flasher from earlier, and he is sucking on her toes. She kicks him off and calls the police. Richard scurries out of the home with his tail between his legs. Arf, arf. Well, that escalated quickly, and Richard strikes out yet again. This love stuff is tough. Has this guy never read a romance novel before? I'm not the most romantic guy in the world by any means, but even I know this method probably isn't going to work with a girlfriend, let alone a complete stranger. A day before the situation with the dog lady occurred, Richard walked by a home where he saw a man and his girlfriend standing out front. He made a comment to the guy telling him how attractive he thought his lady was. Always a good move. Richard then took a mental note of the place, and two days later he came back. On October 16th, and he got down on his hands and knees in front of the home, and opened up the mail slot on the front door and started watching them through it. They were obviously creeped the heck out by his behavior when they saw his eyes peering in at them and called the police. Richard was thankfully taken into custody later that day without incident. Whew! But even when he was sitting in jail, he could not turn off his charm. It was impossible. A female guard had a strange feeling as if she was being watched. She looked over and busted that nut Richard, trying to, uh bust a nut. That's right, Richard was masturbating while gawking at her. What a sex-crazed maniac. Prosecutors would also claim that he gave a perverted note to a guard at the Orange County Jail. This wasn't even the same guard because this was at a different facility. Unfortunately, I couldn't get my hands on that lusty love letter. It's probably a dirty poem or something like that. Roses are red, violets are blue. I want to masturbate all over you. <laughs> or something like that. Richard sat in jail for a long time while they figured out his punishment. It wasn't until February of 2019, almost a year and a half after his crimes, that Richard Michael Parkhurst was finally convicted. He was convicted of burglary, which is a felony, and also three misdemeanors, including two counts of indecent exposure and one count of peeking into an inhabited building. Yikes. He was also originally charged with assault with the intent to commit a sex offense, which is a felony, but the jury couldn't come to an agreement on that one for some reason. Eight voted in favor of guilty with four undecided. It's kind of crazy how they didn't find him guilty there, because prosecutors apparently had DNA tying him to the toe-sucking crime. I guess they obtained his saliva off her toes. 
Gross. So he got lucky weaseling his way out of that charge and it was dismissed. Finally, in June of 2019, Richard received the sentencing for his crimes. He earned himself a total of three and a half years in jail. A year and a half for the three misdemeanors, which it's been a year and eight months since those crimes, so he already served time for that. Thankfully, the burglary charge from another incident stuck, and that landed him another two years. If I'm doing the math correctly, this month, the three and a half years is up. So he's either getting out very shortly, or he's out already. I really hope for his own safety and everyone else's that he received proper treatment in prison, and got the medication and mental support he needs. Because those were the actions of an extremely disturbed individual. His crimes weren't the worst, but they were leading down a very dark and twisty path. I couldn't help but think of Colonel Russell Williams. He's a very well-known creep in Canada who started off breaking into homes and stealing women's dresses, bras, and underwear. He'd spend hours photographing himself wearing them and cataloging them, and that got him aroused for a while until it was no longer enough. Then he graduated to stalking women and breaking into their homes eventually to rape and murder them. He escalated from stealing bras and panties to murder in about a four-year span. I'm not saying that Richard would have become a murderer if he wasn't caught, but at the very least, likely a rapist. I guess it really depends on what those voices were telling him. He already flashed a woman, he entered a home and sucked some toes, and he peeping tommed through a mail slot. It takes most creeps years to gather up the cojones to do that stuff if they ever do it at all. Luckily his technique was very sloppy and he was caught quickly, leading me to believe Richard wasn't in the proper state of mind and mental illness played a huge factor in his wacky behavior. He wasn't himself and didn't even bother to try to cover his tracks. Luckily he started with the toes and didn't make it any further up the body. Maybe toes were his thing though. In researching this story I originally looked up toe sucker crime. My Google skills are clearly top-notch. I was shocked and appalled to see the amount of hits I got for serial toe suckers slash footlickers. Toronto, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Japan, and of course Florida. I may have to revisit this serial toe sucker thing. It is definitely a fetish that many people are into. No kink shaming here of course, but do it with a willing participant, please. Alright, that story was a little shorter than anticipated, so let's check out a strange incident involving feet that happened in Florida, because Florida never disappoints. Let's go to the Gulf Coast Medical Center in Fort Myers. The date is February 24th, 2020. It's a typical Monday, and hospital employee France Belderin has been assigned to watch over a patient that night. France is a hospital sitter. I was unaware of what this job entails, so let's get a description from BetterTeam.com. They say, quote, A hospital sitter is a caregiver who provides patients in need of supervision with companionship and care. Hospital sitters provide a compassionate substitute for restraints, seclusion rooms, and other measures to deal with challenging patients. End quote. So in a room that has three patients, he's watching over this one person who was thought to be at risk of getting out of bed and falling or trying to take off in the middle of the night. He's just there to kind of make sure things go smooth. Sounds like an easy enough gig, at least when everything's going well. And things are seemingly quiet that night, that is until around 11 o'clock, when one of the elderly patients in the room shuffles out to the nurse with a strange complaint. You see, someone had been touching her feet. Elderly patient, quote, I thought it was a nurse checking for swelling on my feet and ankles, but sometime later, I felt it again. The third time this happened, it felt wet in between my toes. 
This time I looked up and saw that there was a man on his knees next to my bed and his head bent over my foot. I yanked my foot away and the man left to go back to the chair he had occupied that night. End quote. Upon hearing this, the nurse told security, who then called the police, who took France into custody earlier the next morning. He was arrested on a charge of battery against a person aged 65 or older. Sounds serious. The 23-year-old hospital sitter was released the next day on $1,500 bond. When France got out and spoke to Fox 4 News, he had a different version of events. Quote, I'm reaching to get my phone. Like, it dropped. So when she goes to get up, I guess she got startled because she don't know what's going on, and it's dark. End quote. Sounds a little sus. He would also go on to mention that the door was open and other people were in the room. He then added this about the toe sucking. Quote, I can get that from somewhere else. I don't have to get that from her. That's a great point. He's a decent-looking 23-year-old man. He doesn't need to be sucking off a sick elderly woman's toes while she sleeps in the middle of the night. But just because he doesn't need to doesn't mean he doesn't want to. I mean, we've seen people do stranger things than this. Still, it's hard to know what to believe here. Why would this young man be turned on by this lady's wrinkly old toes? And on the other hand, why would this wrinkly old lady accuse this young man of doing such a thing unless she was absolutely certain? Sounds like she gave him the benefit of the doubt and didn't pipe up until the third incident. Weird. France's mother believed him for what that's worth. France's mama, quote, He never have a problem. He's not somebody like that. End quote. Thanks, Mom. France was immediately terminated from his position that he held at the hospital for four years and was placed on house arrest while he awaited trial. In a surprising turn of events, France actually ended up pleading guilty to sucking the old lady's toes. He almost had me convinced he didn't do it. I can't believe he admitted it, to be honest. Talk about putting your foot in your mouth. Putting her foot in your mouth? I don't know. If that were me, I'd deny, deny, deny and take that dirty little secret to the grave, no matter what. He got a decent deal, though, and received two years probation with some special conditions. He had to submit a DNA sample, no contact with the victim. He had to undergo a mental health evaluation, also undergo an evaluation with an approved sex offender treatment provider, and he cannot volunteer or hold a position at a hospital. He got off fairly easy by the looks of it. The embarrassment is probably the worst part. Admitting guilt and having to look his mom, his friends, and family in the eye would be the worst part. I hope his pals never let him hear the end of it. In another interview France did with NBC2, back when he was still in his denial phase, he complained that his reputation was now ruined and, quote, It makes me look crazy, or like, creepy, and I'm not. Like, I'm not that type of dude. End quote. Well, there you have it. Apparently he is that type of dude. He is a crazy, creepy guy with a ruined reputation and no job. But there is a silver lining. He lives in Florida, so nobody gives a shit. No doubt a couple hours later, one of his buddies said, Hold my beer, and did something way more depraved. And all was forgotten. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 28, The California Casanova. I hope you enjoyed that one, or maybe you thought it totally sucked. Ugh. Can you imagine crawling in the dark over to a sick old lady's foot that's dangling off the bed just to suck on her toes? <laughs> I don't get it. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, 
and my boo for editing this episode. You know what time it is. Listener confession time. So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. Hello, Leroy and all you other illegalites out there. I got a story for Let's Get Criminal, Criminal. That was my best Leroy impression. Uh, (laughs) So when I was in my early 20s, I'm a 37-year-old man now, but when I was in my early 20s, I used to work at a chip stand. Now, I don't know if you guys all know what a chip stand is, but it's a little bus or trailer or structure on the side of the highway that sells french fries and hamburgers and onion rings and all that kind of stuff. In the early 2000s, when I was in my 20s, they had just started moving into towns and not just on the side of the highway. And these things are coveted. Some places people die by these things, right? I did not work at one of the good ones. I worked at the one that was just outside of the local strip club. Now, when I say local strip club, I mean local strip club. I live in a place where there are 30,000 people, and it was the only strip club in town. Everybody knew who the strippers were. You went to high school with them. Now, when I worked there, it was an under-the-table job for $9 an hour, okay? Uh, Rent was cheaper than it is now, but I still definitely had to pay rent. And $9 an hour wasn't cutting it, in my opinion. Now, this could have been because of all the partying I was doing, spending all my money on stupidities. Or it could be the fact that things are expensive and I needed to pay for them. So, to alleviate the pressures of the payments I had, uh, my boss told me I could get a 20% discount on anything that I wanted to eat while I was there. It was kind of a little bit of a perk. So 20% off, that's pretty good. $6 poutine, 20% off, that's a buck fifty. You do that uh, a bunch of times, it becomes worth it, right? It's a buck, buck fifty. I don't know math. It's it's money anyway. So if you order a big platter, it'd be like twenty bucks, and I get twenty percent off of that, which would be four dollars. So I started doing that, and that was okay, and that became fine. And then I realized that if I charged the regular amount for a platter, which was twenty bucks, to the customer coming in. I could just ring it through at 20% off as the employee discount and I would pocket the change. I know I wasn't a good person. I was partying a lot and I could have just been saving my money and doing everything, but I figured I needed it. So I did it, which I didn't need it. I wasn't Aladdin. Okay. I was not a good person. I pocketed that. And then, uh, some of the strippers, Jade got uh, word of me doing it. And she told me I had to do it for her. I would, she would tell on me. So I would do it for Jade every day. And then Jade told, Chastity and Chastity told April and April told everybody else. So everybody got in on it that worked at the strip club. I felt like a king. All the strippers loved me. They got their $22 off the French fries uh, in the middle of the night after between sets. And I got respect and adoration of this. Uh, Not soon after, my boss found out what I was doing and fired me instantly. Uh, since it was an under-the-table job and I got paid weekly, he did not pay me my final wage, which was about, I don't know, 500 bucks. I must have built that place for about that much money, so no harm, no foul. Everybody is happy, including the strippers. Actually, the strippers are probably less happy now because they don't have a guy like me just giving them cheap-ass fried foods. Well, thanks, Leroy, for letting me uh, share my 
tale of true crime past. I appreciate you, and uh, keep doing the show, and all you illegalites out there, keep listening. You hear that, illegalites? Keep listening to me. Wow, he's really pushing that nickname hard. (laughs) That might actually stick, though. I like it. That was Richard. Not the same guy from our main story, although he might be in defeat. Who knows? But what an awesome story. Getting blackmailed by strippers while working at a chip truck. I imagine there were a lot of greased up poles in that club. Stripper poles, obviously. That's what I meant. Richard's a hilarious dude, and he is actually the co-host of Unethical Podcast with Celeste, Christy, and Tally. It's a true crime pod where they take a look at some crazy cases that pose ethical questions. It's laid back, funny, informative. It's got a little bit of everything, and I've really been enjoying it. They did an episode on Vincent Lee, the Greyhound bus beheading guy. He did some of the most gruesome stuff you can do to another human being, and he was actually a schizophrenic, like the guy in our story. Probably received about the same amount of jail time, too. A real frustrating case, and they do a great job on that one. I will let them tell you all about their podcast in a moment. As for myself, I'll meet you illegalites back here in 10 days for more softcore scumbaggery. All right, take it away, unethical crew. Hi, I'm Richard. Hey, I'm Christy. And I'm Tally. We're the hosts of Unethical Podcast. Every episode, we take a humorous dive into a case study that poses an ethical question. Like, should mentally ill murderers ever be released? No. When a victim consents to die, is it still a murder? Yep. And does someone telling someone to kill themselves make you culpable if they do? Nah. We discuss what the outcomes of these cases are and what they should be with a unique guest host every episode, assuming someone is brave enough to join us. Richard needs some more testosterone around here. Nah, I think it's mostly coming from Celeste. Girls are mean. We will also explore the supernatural, the theoretical, and the conspiratorial. We'll talk about what's underground, what's above the sky, what's hiding in the dark, and what makes you see the light. What about what's in your closet? I want to believe. God damn, I love Dana Scully. You need a minute? Are you guys watching? Because that helps. I wish I was a tree. But when does a fun story become a dangerous influence? When is fiction actually fact? The last time I checked, those words meant the opposite. It doesn't matter. Our podcast is no holds barred, true crime, comedy, adult content, and definitely not for everybody. But like most people, most people aren't like can handle swear words and stuff, right? Am I right about that? No. No. But if you, like us, have trauma-fueled coping mechanisms, join us each week and visit a destination you can't unvisit. The dark side. You can subscribe wherever you eat your podcasts to listen. Follow us on Instagram where we post our teasers to guess what's coming next. And join us on Facebook to get involved in the conversation. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.